What's up, everybody? You're listening to the one and only T-Mac-inspired podcast. Listen as she sits down with regular people to discuss the ideas, the ideas, the opportunities, the opportunities, and the wealth-building strategies that they're taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. there actually um and i just cut sister off and i just started going by sis up uh, sis shanika and everybody just started calling me sis like that was my first name and it just took on everybody just refers to me as sis so i'm sis <laughs> <laughs> yes but you but you you have that persona anyway like you, you're real down to earth where it's easy for people to call you sis they don't even know you yeah, and I try to um, exemplify that, if you will. I really try to be like a sister to everyone that I meet, so it, it, it actually fits. Good, good. I don't know if your mic is a, too far away, but you're, you sound like you're, you're far away from us right now. Okay. I try to work on that. Maybe I'll just speak up. All right, that's cool, right? Yeah, that's cool, that's cool. So let me tell you what, what happened, girl. So you know how we do... Um, we're busy, you know, busy wives, mothers, all that. So I'm scrolling, you know, I don't hardly ever on Facebook, but I'm scrolling on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, I think it was. And I saw where you did some type of deal. And it was like, wasn't a normal deal that you do. You know, you <laughs> might post a normal deal, but yeah. this was like a big, big deal, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, for people that don't know that you're in real estate, um, because that's how we met. Yep. Yep. We yep. met. I think I came to your wired event. Yep. You came to my event and then I came to your event. Yep. And, and you've just been killing it in the real estate game. So I want, I want you to talk about this deal first. Talk okay. about the deal. Okay. So, um, yeah, I just closed on a multi-million dollar deal. It's the biggest deal that I, that I've ever done to date. Um, so it's a mobile home park, mm-hmm. but um, converted it into RV park. And um, for those in the listening audience that don't know, RVs um, is more like a luxury niche. Like people who travel in their RVs and they they need places to go and you know park their RVs and stuff like that. So, and um, if you don't know, for every mobile home that your park either has or is um, zoned for or approved for, you could put four RV lots. For every mobile home lot and so my mobile home Uh, yeah (laughs) that part so my mobile home part um is only um zoned for 35 mobile homes so 35 times four you do the math that's 140 rv lots that i can get there so i am 10x in my you know my my cash flow power so i acquired the deal um via creative financing so I got it. It was kind of like a hybrid deal. So I know you know, but for the listening audience, so I used one technique called sub two and I mixed that in with seller finance on the back end as well. I don't want to get too technical into that, but um, it was, it's a hybrid deal. So I end up coming out of the deal with only, um, well, with closing costs and everything, a little over $10,000 out of my pocket. 
that I acquired this, you know, huge 12 acre um, mobile home park, $10,000 out of pocket, including closing costs, um, 0% interest, no credit used, no bank used, no income verification, any of those things that you typically would have to go through to get from a traditional right. mortgage lender. I avoided all of that using creative strategies. And that's just the power of, you know, real estate and, and learning different techniques with, um, with investing. So once it's all said and done, um, it's going to cost about $1.5 million to develop the whole park. But mm -hmm. the key component to that is um, the large percentage of that development is septic installation. And I'm a licensed septic um, contractor. So my company will actually get $800,000 out of that $1.5 million because we're going to install our own septic. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. And once it's all said and done, um, the park will generate roughly around $80,000 per month passive um, cash flow. And I'll have a valuation um, moderately around six, uh, $6 million. So I'll be able to do a cash out refi mm -hmm. and pay my lenders off, pay my seller off um, the balloon payment that I'm going to owe him in a couple of years, pay my lenders off. And then I'll be able to pocket around $3 million tax free money, guys. So. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited. You you should be. I'm excited for you too. Now you you know we like like I got chills all through my body right now, right? Because you know we get off on this type of stuff. I swear to you, yes. <laughs> and I believe it or not, even though we we have platforms where we help other women, and I think you help men and women in real estate. Yeah. There there's not a lot of people that can understand real estate at this level. Yes. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. So, and, and I really believe personally, commercial real estate is easier than residential. Yeah, well, I've always heard that. And this is like my first venture into that side of the world. And um, so far, it's proven to be correct. <laughs> it's, you could be more creative, number one. And then they, uh, the appraised, appraised value on commercial real estate is totally different from residential. Yep. Yep. You know, so it, it's totally based on vacancies and, or occupancies. Right? right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So um, can you talk a little bit about, a little bit about that? Because you did say, we got to talk about a lot of stuff in this story that you just told me, but <laughs> you did say that, um, your appraised value will be like um, six million. Yeah, and so that's based off of um, off of the cash flow, of course, that it generates, and that um, based on what my developers, and that's kind of on the low end, but um, based on what what he's planning, he said I should be around seventy percent NOI. So based off of that, that's where that number comes from. So and and the, the NOI could actually be a lot higher because I won't have that much overhead. Like my developers really don't. Um, and plus, I'll have some other things that I'm going to implement to offset a lot of my overhead and generate even more cash flow um, because the property is actually backed right against um, water. Like I'm like it's some woods and then right behind the woods of my property is water access. So hopefully after we get the survey done, it'll prove that I'll be able to um, build a, a boat uh, ramp back there and then I can start leasing like uh, jet ski rentals and stuff like that. So that's the idea. That's the plan. So I plan on, you know, doing some other things to generate even more cash flow from the property. So, oh, that's dope. That's dope. For people that don't know what NOI means, um, that's your net operating 
income. Yep. Net operating income. That's big when it, your NOIs is really, really big when it comes to commercial. I mean, yeah. that's that that'll make or break a deal. Yeah. Um, so but I wanted to talk about, let's talk about this septic tank deal here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, sis. Yeah. So I well, I don't know. Well, for you listening to the audience, let me tell you a little bit of something about me. Like I will you know, put this wig on, honey, get this makeup done, these nails and dress up and all of that. But I will put them work boots on. I will put my work gloves on and I will get dirty. And I don't mind, um, I don't mind that aspect of real estate investing because it's just fun to me. So, I mean, everything about this stuff is, is, is exciting to me. And I'm just, right. well, I just got like a free spirit. So one day I might decide to be a septic installer. One day I might decide to get a fucking pilot license. And I'm <laughs> one day I might decide I want to be a, a pilot but that's just how I am that's how I operate but I'm trying to be more linear um, when it comes to real estate investing so once I decided that I wanted to um, invest in mobile homes here in North Carolina where I am um, a lot of the mobile and we're number four um, in this uh, North Carolina is number four in the country as far as in terms of the size of mobile homes that are here the number of mobile homes up here so we, we're pretty, um, you know, we have a lot of mobile home parks and a lot of mobile homes in our state. And most of them are located in rural areas um, where they don't have, they can't tap into city water, so city sewer. So they have to have um, septic tanks. They even, a lot of the housing developments have to have septic installed or they can't build a house. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's just a fact of the matter. So, um, so that's what kind of led me into the septic install um, business, if you will. So I went and got licensed, I think, last year. Um, and I mean, that's that's getting ready to be major. I mean, our first project, of course, is going to be our own project. Mm -hmm. um, out, you know, from that point on, if you call around to um, to get a septic installed or even plump, I mean, you guys will see how much it costs to get it done. And a lot of them are backed up because, I mean, the demand is very high and it's low. Um, it's, it's not a lot of installers out there, especially uh installs of color um it's, it's just not a lot like um, when i went to the play i just went to the septic conference um in january and i took a picture i haven't posted it yet but i'm in a room full of white men i mean it don't bother me none in terms of i mean i don't feel intimidated or anything like that but it's just to look around and see that it's not a lot of us in the building and so they um we had like a town hall meeting and what they were addressing, like, how, what can we do to get more septic installs? Because the demand is so high. So, of course, you know, I stood up and I'm like, you know, look around the room. It's not a lot of minorities in this room. So if you want to um, get more installers, maybe you guys should focus more so on getting that information out to, to the Black community. Because it's not that we wouldn't be interested. Most of us, it's not even on our radar. Like, they, we either don't know or it's just not on our radar that this is even... A possibility even though some of us like I, I i grew up in a mobile home and i know when my mom bought our mobile <coughs> home i had to get a set against so i knew that as a little girl but it just never registered in my mind that i could install you know septic septic tanks like it yeah. was just never a part never registered on my mind and it, it's a very lucrative industry guys it's very lucrative mm -hmm. especially in um some of the northern states like for us here in north carolina the same septic tank system that we would install for let's say 25,000, you go to up north, New York, Pennsylvania, areas like that, they're charging 50, 60,000 for the same exact system. So mm. 
it's a very, very lucrative industry it's, and very high demand. And it's not a lot of us. In the For sure. I, I, I had a mobile home with my, my first marriage. We had a mobile home and we had to have a septic tank installed and we had to wait a long time because they were backed up, yeah. you know, and that was way back in like 94. Yeah. And it's still yeah. that way. It's still that way today. And and that's in South Carolina, by the way, that was in South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Right you know, I'm, I'm from Carolina too. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. forgot South Carolina, right on the street. Yeah. 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 So it's a huge demand. Let, let me ask you about the, um, how did you find, how did you find that deal? Actually, the way it originally came to me was from a wholesaler. And of course I started off um, as a, I still wholesale, but I started off as a wholesaler. Um, mm -hmm. A wholesaler brought me the deal, um, but what ended up happening, unfortunately, they kind of dropped the ball on the deal. And the week of closing that I was supposed to close on it, um, they reached out to me and was like, our contract um, expired. The seller isn't talking to us. He's not willing to extend the contract. I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do. And I'm like, you've got to be effing kidding me. Like, we are three days from closing. I was so, oh God, I was so upset. But because, again, because I come from a wholesale background, I knew how to handle that situation. So I called my attorney, let him know what was going on. And um, he said, listen, go to them and get a cancellation of contract. Um, so that you don't have to pay them that $20,000 assignment fee anymore. I got the cancellation contract for them. Um, once they sent me that contract signed, I got on that phone. I called that seller myself. We talked for three hours. Um, he was, you know, he's an elderly gentleman. Um, talked for three hours. I got that deal back and I drove my behind three hours down the road um, to go sit with him and get that contract signed myself in person. <laughs> I was not going to lose that deal because I already knew what the potential of it was. Whoa, wow. See, that's the, you know, a lot of people still talk about oh, wholesaling, wholesaling. Listen, I didn't start out wholesaling, but I'm going to say within two to three months of me getting into real estate, I started wholesaling mm -hmm. and wholesaling has always been, always, always been one of those go-to uh, tools yeah. in my toolbox. Yeah. <clears throat> and I tell everybody, go ahead. I'm sorry, but it, it teaches you so many transferable skills that you can use in other areas of real estate investing. Like I, I tell people like to me, I mean, I started there, but it gave me a solid foundation that I was able to use, and sure. use as building blocks to, to learn other aspects of real estate investing. Um, it teaches you negotiation skills. It teaches you how to, even though this deal came from a wholesaler, but it still teaches you how to source your own deals. You don't have to rely on um, a realtor or someone else and you know once it gets to that point you know your price is already inflated a bit so when you can source your own deals you can basically write your own checks you can for sure for sure so um now you know we, we kind of got ahead of ourselves because we were so excited to talk about this yeah. deal oh um, i was excited i wanted to hear about it <laughs> that's, that's the cool thing i have in a podcast if i see something i'm like ooh, ooh yeah. yeah i want to find out more tell me more but before that, you know, before real estate investing and all that, um, what were you doing before you got into real estate? So directly before I got into real estate, um, I was doing Amazon. I was selling on Amazon, actually. And I was mm -hmm. a, a stay-at-home mom. I was homeschooling. 
I was, I had an Amazon business and I was doing pretty good on there. I was doing six figures on there, but I was miserable. I was bored because um, for those of you in the listener audience who may know, like once you ship your products into Amazon's pretty much run on autopilot. Like you don't have to do too much. I didn't have to talk to anybody. I didn't have to do any customer service. They handle all of that for you. So the most interaction I had with adults was me going to the UPS store and giving them my packages for them to send in to Amazon and me leaving. So I'm at home all day with these children. I'm, I was I was miserable because as much as I, I'm a I'm an extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm. So I love being at home, but at the same time, I love being social. I love people. I love being around people. Um, I just have to take a step back and recharge after I'm around a lot of people. But um, I was missing that side of it, that extroverted side of it. I, so that's when I started um, getting into real estate. But prior to that, I was in corporate America and I was miserable that <laughs> was miserable there too y'all I, I promise and it wasn't so much that like I actually loved my job but the um what made it miserable for me was the fact that I had children and it was it was almost like I, I call it the mom tax I don't know if you know what that is Tasha but um to me it was like I was being punished for being a mom like when I would have mm-hmm. to when I would have to call in because one of the children was sick or when I would have, you know, I would miss a day, then I'm behind in work and, you know, I'm being overlooked for promotions and things like that because I, I can't work through my vacations or I can't work through my sick days. Like I have to take all of them because I actually need them, you know, because it's always, you know, when your children are in daycare, they're always getting sick. Right. You know, they're always getting sick. So if I want to go and you know, go to a parent teacher conference. If I want to go to take them, if I have to take them to the dentist, I have to do all that stuff during work hours because at five o'clock, all those places are closed. So I'm having to get all of my days to do that kind of stuff. I don't have vacation because I'm using those days to handle business with my children and stuff like that. And at one point, Tasha, I had, um, I had moved to another, um, to another state because I had a domestic situation that I had to, uh, get away from. And Mm -hmm. I would have to leave my babies at the bus stop in order for me to get to work on time. I wasn't making enough where I could afford before and after care, you know, daycare. I wasn't making enough where I could, I was making too much to get any type of, you know, government assistance, but I wasn't making enough to make ends meet, you know, that kind of threshold. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where I was at. And I would have to leave my babies in a strange city with some strange people that could or could not, you know, look out for them while I'm having to go down the road to this job. And then, you know, they would get off of, off the school bus and have to be in the house for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour while I'm, you know, trans, trying to get through traffic to get back home to them. And at that point, I was like, you know, I would pray every day going to like, please just protect my babies. I was, I, I was so unhappy. I was so worried about my children. I was like, something got to give. And from that point on, that was back in 2013. I, I you know, saved a little money. I stole a, what we call steal away. I didn't steal. That's not what that means. I just put a little money aside, put a little money aside, put a little money aside until I started my own online boutique. And, you know, I said, you know what? F it. I'm just going to go for it. I, you know, I calculate how many, how much money I'm making per day after taxes and after all this stuff that's coming out of my check. I'm like, shit, I can make, I'm sorry, I keep pissing your pocket. I can make how, how much, how much was you making after you did all those deductions? Tasha, I swear I was making 150 and 175 a day or something like something, look, peanuts, nothing. 
And I'm like, I can do, I can make this. If I can't make the hundred and fifty dollars, two hundred dollars a day selling something, I you know I ain't I ain't hitting on two cents. So that's what I started doing. I I opened up an online boutique. I started selling um, Muslim uh, garments, and that was in 2013. I ain't looked back yet. I'm not gonna say that I haven't struggled or anything like that, but I ain't worked on nobody else's job since 2013. And I never will. Wow. Wow. And how many kids did you have at the time? Because when at I met you, you were pregnant. You had just at, had your baby. Time, at that time, I had three. So when I started um, getting into real estate investing, um, actually the first month after I closed my first wholesale deal, I got, I was pregnant with baby number four. I found out. <laughs> I found out I was pregnant with baby number four right after I started um, investing in real estate. Yes. Yep. But I thought you had five kids. I do. I have five. I had another one since then. So I started in, in real estate like three years ago. So I had two right. babies in three years. Yeah, but when I met you at LiveWire, you just had a baby. I just Is had, that the fifth one? That was the fifth one. That was Sasa. Okay, okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sasa was three months old at that event. <laughs> yep. I had just had her. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. So I know you're married because I met your husband. Y'all both yeah. came to our event. Um, is he in real estate with you? What does he do? He does. Um, he's more so focusing on the septic side and the mobile home moving company that we that we also started. So he's focusing okay. on that. He left his nine to five in November. <gasps> really? Yep. What did that look like? Um, scary. Um, for, more so for him because he's not as um, risk tolerant as I am. Like I just quit a job, I don't care. So, but for him, it was a little bit more, um, a little bit more scary because he's more of the, you know, that provider type. He wants to make sure that he can provide and you know pay out. We're not that fifty fifty uh, type of couple. He's the I'm gonna pay hundred percent of the bills type of type of guy. So, um, that was a little bit nerve wracking for him, but um. I mean, we're we're happy with it. Um, it's the best decision I think that we both could have made, um, and everything's working out fine. I see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Look, when you start when you start developing the the uh, the mobile home part, I'm gonna come and we're gonna do a live podcast. Oh yeah, that would be so dope. Please come. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, but I'm gonna come bring my bring my team and we're gonna do a whole live podcast. Okay, that's serious. I'm serious too. I would love that. I would love that. Oh, for sure. I'm excited. So I don't want to hold you up. I know you're super, super busy with all of your uh, projects that you have going on. How mm -hmm. can, tell me, what are you doing now? Are you, are you teaching? Do you mentor? I mean, what are you doing? I just opened up a mentorship um, uh, here recently that I'm going to start at the end of this month. Um, I probably won't do another one, to be honest, because I'm sure you know, it's very time consuming. It takes a lot out of you. Um, and for those of us, you know, like yourself, we want to make sure that we're giving our mentees um, what they deserve and not just, you know, you know, we want to give guys the quality and the time and attention that you need. Um, so I, I can only do like one a year. So this will be my, my one mentorship um, for this year. And that's going to be it. Aside from that, I do offer every now and again um, some courses and challenges and things like that. Um, as Tasha, you may know, I'm very unorthodox. I don't do anything on a regular basis. I do <laughs> I feel like it when I want to, because that's the, that's the, um, that's the power of entrepreneurship. That's the reason why I wanted to become an entrepreneur, because I am such a free spirit and I want to be able to do things on my own time. So that's what I do. So um, 
but yeah, if anyone wants to reach out to me, you can follow me on Instagram um, at Sishanika, S-I-S-S-H-A-N-E-K-A. Um, and that's pretty much it. I'm gonna put your link, your, your handles below um, for your social media. And then when you get your, and also the mentorship link. Okay. And also you can join my um, free Facebook group, Real Estate Investing A to Z. Um, where we learn different aspects of real estate investing in there. Most of the um, most of the courses in there are free, so you would feel free to come in there and take a look around and learn as well. So, yeah, I'll put the link to the to the free Facebook group as well. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. One thing before you leave, I want I want you to speak to the I want you to speak to the the mom, the wife who is sick and tired of being sick and tired on their job. They don't know what, yeah. they want to start something new. They don't know where to start, what to do. They're, they're tired of being uh, yeah. reprimanded for taking time off because their yeah. kids are sick. I want you yeah. to speak to that lady right now. So let me just say this. Um, being a woman <clears throat> in general is, is tough. Like we have a, you know, we have a tough job. Um, being a mother and wife just, um, you know, elevates that to a whole nother level. I want, all women out here listening to please stop trying to be superwoman. Okay. Um, I came to the acceptance that I cannot be everything to everybody. I just cannot. Something is going to like the mathematics don't add up. That don't add up. You cannot be a hundred percent every single place. It's not going to happen. Something's going to fall short. And what I need you guys to understand and to accept is that that's okay. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. It's okay. So what I started to do is I started outsourcing things that um, was very time consuming. I have five girls, all girls. They have heads full of natural hair. So I had to get somebody to come in and start doing their hair because my babies walk around looking crazy because I just, I, I just don't have time to do all this hair. You know, things like that. Get somebody to come in and clean your house, you know, once a week or once every other week or whatever you can afford. If it's once a month, whatever. Get somebody that you can go on a thumbtack and find somebody relatively inexpensive to come in and clean your house, you know, however often that you can afford. Take some of that stuff off of you. It's okay. It's okay. Do not be out here trying to stress yourself out, trying to be somebody super. Mm. Love yourself and practice self-care. I'm I do self-care. I don't have a self-care Sunday. I go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, <laughs> Friday. <laughs> Whenever I feel like it, I'm going to get some self-care because I have to recharge because being an entrepreneur, I have several businesses that I'm running. I have five children. I have a husband. I got family members that's pulling on me. My mama been calling me every day for the past two years asking me when I'm going to retire her, y'all. And that was stressful. I don't know if she knew how stressful that was for me. I didn't let her know it, but that was stressful. So with this last deal I just closed, I said, you know what, mama? You retired, okay? You don't gotta worry about it no more. Part of that that monthly income that I'm gonna be generating from that RV park is going straight to my mama, so she ain't gotta worry about her retirement or any of that no more. I'm retiring my mom off that one deal. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yep. That's that's impressive. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you having me it was such a, um, a honor and pleasure I've, I've always admired you um i haven't said it directly to you i don't believe i have but i'll say it now i've always admired you you inspire me you motivate me i think you're a dope dope woman um and i just um just want to give you your flowers 
um, if oh. you will. You want to give Don't me make me cry. I know. I'm about to cry. <laughs> but um, I appreciate you, and I I thank you so much for having me. All right, all right, guys. See you next week. Bye. Hey, hey, hey. Don't forget to follow me if you're not on all platforms at TMAC underscore inspired. All right. See you on the next episode. Bye.